What's the surprising solution to the drop in church attendance? People want to be challenged to take their faith seriously, to make a difference, to take a stand. They're done with doing what they could get in a self-help book, getting that from their church. And how can a Christian woman stand up to cultural expectations? I think it's so important for us to grasp the fact that we were created in the image of God, in the image of the Creator. Also, how do we help girls struggling with mental health? I believe the antidote to all things is a biblical worldview, knowing what God says about her and how He's designed her to be perfectly woven in His image. It's the weekend of September 23rd and 24th. I'm Jeff Shambly, and this is The Stand Radio. First up, a recent poll indicates a new low in America's church attendance. Steve Jordahl of AFN is here to give us the big picture. Steve, welcome. What can you tell us about this? Hey, Jeff. Well, it, for years, for decades, for six decades, church attendance in America hovered around the 70% mark. And uh, starting somewhere around the 2000s, we started declining. And for the first time in 2020, uh, less than half of Americans attend a church or a synagogue or a mosque. So this mm-hmm. isn't just specifically to Christians, but we're becoming far, far less churched as a, as a country. Do you see any reason for the decline in church participation? You've heard of the term nuns. We're not talking about Catholic uh, women who, yeah. who are devoted to Christ. <laughs> We're talking about N-O-N-E-S. These are a lot of people. There's a lot of people, in fact— um, we're up to one in five Americans, fully 20% uh, around, uh, that don't have any kind of a belief system at all. They, they just have done away with any faith system. Mm-hmm. Uh, they call them nuns because they have no affiliation to any kind of a religion. And I think that has a lot to do with this. What is this uh, recent trend in self-help messaging that has been promoted by the church growth movement say about its promise to attract people to the churches? The gospel has a lot of things that are counterintuitive, doesn't it? Yeah. You, you, we talk about the the least becoming the most, the weak becoming the strong, and mm-hmm. and everything in God's economy is seems to be upside down from a human perspective. Well, this is the same thing here. We are not asking too much of our Christians in the pews. We're asking too little. Hmm. People want to be challenged to live a holy life. They want to be challenged to take their faith seriously, to make a difference, to take a stand. They're done with doing what they could get in a self-help book, getting that from their church. Yes, it's important to have a good marriage. It's important that you do your finances well. It's important that you learn how to tell your children about things, uh, schools, and all that kind of stuff. That's all really important stuff, but from the pulpit. People want to know how to submit to the Lordship of Christ. People want to know how to lead their friends to the Lord. They want to know how to live and honor God in a way that makes uh, their, uh, gives their life purpose beyond just self-help purpose. They want yeah, to, yeah. eternal truths. They're important to them. All right, Steve, thanks so much for sharing with us today. Thanks for having me, Jeff. How do you do what? Oh, you can talk. I'm so glad. 
That's the 1937 Disney film Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. And when it came out in 1937, it really was groundbreaking technology and filmmaking that went on to make a name for Disney. Well, the company has a plan to release an updated version featuring an actress who's been very critical of the original film's portrayal of young women, and hence that this movie may take the idea of femininity a different direction. Joining me is the stand editor, Rebecca Davis, and staff writer, Hannah Metter. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Hannah, we'll start with you. Uh, You wrote an article entitled A Woman to be Praised, and in the article, you say that the movie that started Disney is no longer good enough to be the story that started Disney. What do you mean by that? Yeah, so um, my family grew up, and I think Rebecca can agree to this too, but um, really watching Disney movies, we always were at the theaters, we went to the parks growing up, and um, we were just a Disney family, I guess, and of course now we don't necessarily agree with their practices but um when we watched snow white as a as kids she was this meek mild princess who baked pies in the woods with you know she cleaned she she was just the woman's woman i guess Mm -hmm. back in the day of the 1930s and um so i always loved that about her and in today's world um this new one that's coming the remake that's coming out zegler um has been very adamant that she does not like the character of snow white um she thinks she's too meek she's too mild she's you know too submissive all of these different things and um it's really troubling to me because Mm. uh it's just no longer good enough you know it's not the story um that we all grew up with Yeah. Let's go to you, Rebecca. Uh, What comes to your mind when you think of uh, the notion of biblical womanhood? Um, I really think this may sound very simple, (laughs) but Mm -hmm. I think that biblical womanhood is a woman who brings honor to God Mm -hmm. in her daily life. I mean, simply seeking to honor Him in all aspects of her daily life and to live her life in accordance with Scripture. What would you say to someone who's listening and feels that nonstop demand to compromise and accommodate cultural expectations? That's a good question. And, and I mean, I admit, like, I do struggle with that, too. Just in our world today, when so many things are coming at you or you are on social media, which that's a whole nother, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a whole nother topic. Sure. But yeah. there are so many things thrown at you, so much pressure thrown at you to do a certain thing, look a certain way, mm-hmm. go to certain places, do certain things with your families. And many times that pressure can become very overwhelming. And so I think the important part, and this is so much easier said (laughs) um, always than done and applied, is that you just have to stay grounded in who you are in Christ and grounded Mm -hmm. in God's Word. And that's what's got to guide you daily and not the culture. And again, that's kind of just a basic, I guess you could say a basic concept, but it is hard to withstand the pressures of culture when that's the message that's being sent to you all the time, like mm-hmm. everywhere, whether it's this upcoming Snow White movie, whether it's the most recent Barbie movie that yeah. just people were just raving about. Like I've, right, right. I've even struggled with that. I'm like, how do you make sense of taking your daughter to a movie that is contrary to what 
mm-hmm. Scripture mm-hmm. says women should be. Absolutely. And so I, I'm not pointing my finger. I, I'm just saying, but that's the that's the message that culture is constantly sending us, yeah. like Hannah said, opposite of what Scripture says. Mm-hmm. You know, I think of uh, a, a woman who is not a believer mm-hmm. and has this kind of pressure. Yeah. How please. does she respond to that? Because obviously as believers— you go to the scriptures and you say, how has God designed me and what are the ideal women according to what God says? An unbeliever doesn't have that ability. Hannah talked just a little bit about that. When you go to the scriptures and you are, you're, you're seeking the Lord about what it means to be a godly woman, what are some places maybe that you go to or maybe some women in the scriptures that you would look to and say, well, that illustrates for me a, an ideal woman in God's eyes. And I think that the the biggest one, obviously, is the Proverbs 31 woman, who I do mention in the blog as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I love this passage because growing up, I always heard the verse where it talks about she laughs with without fear of the future. And so okay. growing up, I always thought that this woman was kind of frivolous. Like I just pictured her on a beach, you know, it was just romantic and she was just <laughs> so happy. But when you read the passage, she is a businesswoman. She is a wife, a mother, a provider. She gets up before the sun comes out to go out and do for her family. And I just, I'm so impressed by all this woman accomplishes. And I think that if there was a woman that I would want to be the most like in the Bible, that she would be <laughs> who I would love to, although yeah. I don't always think that <laughs> I can do everything that she does. <laughs> Rebecca, what about you? I think one thing that just comes to mind when you ask Hannah that question, and I think this applies to not just women, but just is is going back to the very beginning in Genesis where it says that we were created mm. in God's mm-hmm. image. And that is what gives us value. And so, like I said, whether it's an unbelieving woman, whether it is a young child, I think it's so important for us to grasp the fact that we were created in the image of God, in the image of the Creator. Grasping that Mm -hmm. and holding on to that is where we can find our value in a world that's sending us so many different messages or even telling us not to find our value there, but to find value in worldly things. And so, again, believer or unbeliever, I think trying to share that and help help the you know, help others understand what it truly means to be created in God's image. Hannah, we'll give you the last word today. If you were talking to a group of young women who are facing some of the pressures that we've talked about today, how would you encourage them um, to not feel that level of pressure and where should they be looking? I would say, obviously, go to Proverbs 31, but really anywhere in Scripture. Read your Bible, spend time in the Word, um, maybe pull up some YouTube videos of some sermons or songs, um, and just really seek the Lord's plan for your life because that's what's going to make it matter. Rebecca Davis and Hannah Metter, thanks so much for joining us today. Thank Thank you.
One of the great tragedies of the culture war in America is the attack on what it means to be a woman. And sadly, those who seem to suffer the worst of these assaults are young women and girls. Well, our guest today is doing something about that. Patty Garibay is the founder and executive director of American Heritage Girls. They're a Christ-centered leadership and character development program that's reaching literally tens of thousands of members all across the globe. Patty, welcome to The Stand Radio. Thanks for having me, Jeff. It's a pleasure. You are pushing back the darkness and building integrity into the lives of so many girls. Why don't you take us back to the beginning and uh, tell us what motivated you to begin American Heritage Girls? Like so many of our stories, I was not planning on doing this, right? We, we, the Lord interrupts our plans and he asks us to do things. And it's whether, whether or not we're going to say yes to him. And that was my situation for sure. In 1993, I had been leading Girl Scout troops, three of them, uh, for 11 years, used it as part of my ministry. I was also a children's pastor at my church. So I love kids. I love scouting. And I thought, what a great experiential way to be able to share my Christian life and my Christian beliefs with youth and to make a difference. And so that went on for quite a, over a decade. It went along just beautifully until 1993 when my husband was watching the evening news alongside myself. And we heard that the Girl Scouts were going to make a change in the Girl Scout promise. And that was going to happen at the National Convention in Minneapolis. And that change was not a small change. It was a really big change. And that was no longer would the girls have to make an oath to God in the Girl Scouts. Well, there it was. You know, I knew I had a moral dilemma. And my husband said, what are you going to do about it? And I said, well, for me and my troops, we will serve the Lord and we will include God's name in the Girl Scout promise that we recite every troop meeting. And he said, no, really, what are you going to do about it? <laughs> so I don't know if today he wishes he had never asked that question, but <laughs> <laughs> exactly. he, he's a wise counsel. And indeed, I, I did feel the Lord calling um, me to doing something and I really thought I'd put God in a box. How many, how often do we do that? I thought it'd be something small to get my third daughter over her formative years because her other two sisters had graduated through the Girl Scout program. And apparently God had a much bigger plan, Jeff. And I'm glad I didn't know the size of it at the time. Um, but each day we have to say yes to him. And he keeps letting us see more and more of his beautiful tapestry that he's woven for our lives. What were some of the initial uh, challenges that you had in forming the group? Well, first of all, a lot of um, chiding and people made fun of us. Uh, they, they thought we were crazy. We were making a mountain out of a molehill because isn't this the way diversity rolls that, you know, it's OK. You don't have to say, God, you could put whatever name you want in it. And that was not good enough for me as a believer. That was not going to make it okay in my mind. So we got that. We got chiding. Of course, that's normal. But also, it was difficult. You know, how in the world would you ever compete with the Girl Scouts USA? They've been in this country for over a century. They had millions of members. How could we afford camps? How could we even afford uniforms or badges? Or how would we write handbooks? So all those things were floating through my mind. But the Lord, I remember that that adage that the Lord does not call the equipped. He equips the called. Right. And there you had to lay it down at the throne of the Lord and say, Lord, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm willing to say yes. And by golly, he has been amazing in his faithfulness and his resourcefulness and the people that have come around this beautiful mission that he, he inscribed on our hearts. I think they call that stepping out in faith, Patty. Yes, it sure is. <laughs> Why don't you describe uh, a local troop for us and what a typical program would look like? 
Well, first of all, you have to have a heart for girls and, and really a, a heart and a love for the Lord. So when you love the Lord and you love kids, you want them to know the Lord because that's how they can understand their identity. And that is through knowing God. So I knew that had to be the most integral part of American Heritage Girls, and it is. As a result, we come alongside churches that also say, I care about kids. Discipleship's a key part of what we're supposed to be doing as a church. And I would like for them to be able to do life as a church, life as a Christian, rather than just on Sundays, which is very beneficial and very necessary, but to be able to bring that into everyday stuff, doing life together which is what American Heritage Girls does. So a church will come alongside and say, hey, we want this as part of our ministry. It also helps to meet our goals as a church. And that charter organization, it's called, comes together with five people that want to create this basic team, a team of dedicated volunteers that agree with the statement of faith, that agree that they are Christ followers, active Christ followers, and that they want to mentor girls. So those, those people consist of a charter representative that represents the church, a troop coordinator, a vice coordinator, a troop treasurer, and most importantly, a troop shepherd that will continually keep Christ and prayer in the midst of this whole ministry, because, you know, where there is the Lord, it, there, the adversary is also right there. We need to have prayer all around that. And then the girls will come. You have an information night. You say, hey, we've got our five people. We want to start this troop. And they will come and they will come, Jeff. Most of our troops have waiting lists. This has become a very popular program, especially in this dark time where parents are looking so desperately for parenting tools in their, in their Christian parenting tool belt. That's fantastic. Now, how many members do you have globally? 65,000 wow. members. Wow. Just this year, we've, we've served hundreds of thousands. We have over 500,000 membership records in the 28 years that we've been in existence. And we are in every state and in international countries as well. So we are able to serve the missionary and the military. And that's very important to us. So there are over 1,300 churches across the nation that have said yes we want this, we love this. And you know what's really cool about it, Jeff, mm. is we even helped to start a boys program. Wow. Trail Life USA in 2013 is when we started that, when the Boy Scouts had made their change right. in the Boy Scout membership standards. And that's when we were partners with the Boy Scouts. We broke off that relationship and started Trail Life USA. So it can be family ministry is what I'm trying to say. It's not just for girls. There's a boys bookend program that works beautifully together if you'd like to have a family ministry in your church. There's such a need for programs like this today. I don't want to talk about the darkness too much, but there is an assault on girlhood and, and womanhood in this nation, the, the likes that we've never seen before. Why do you think the attack is so fierce? Well, you know, I do believe, as I had mentioned before, where there is the Lord, there will be the adversary, and we know who conquers all. But the adversary knows that the power of a woman and her influence is really extraordinary when you think about it. And that if he can attack women and their identity and who they are and whose they are, then he possibly can take over a generation. And so this mission of building women of integrity through service to God, family, community, and country is so important to not just girls' eternal salvation, of course, that's so critical, but also to the future of our country. Mm. The hand that rocks the cradle does rule the nation. If mm. our girls are not well-founded on scripture and a biblical worldview, then where will we be? That remnant will be no longer. And, and so we feel that it's an important mission and girls are an important, and they are a target for the adversaries. So they're, they're struggling right now. 
We're talking with Patty Garibay. She's the founder and executive director of American Heritage Girls. Uh, Patty, September is Suicide Prevention Month, and one of your recent press releases, you cite the statistic that 31% of all youth have diagnosed anxiety disorders. Can you speak to that? And do you think that that's one of the chief obstacles that young girls are facing today? I do. I think between fear and anxiety and gender identity, because this whole transsexual revolution that's happening is really affecting girls even more so than boys. Now, girls tend to come out of it and don't continue the lifestyle as long, but still they are being preyed upon. And of course, the social media piece of this is is really an important piece. It's it's not just social media, by the way, it's internet usage, because that's where a lot of the grooming is happening. Mm. So we can have hope though. Let's talk about statistics. So 2021, the U.S. Surgeon General's Office came out with a, a, a scary statistic that said there was 51% increase in suicide attempts by adolescent girls via emergency rooms. That was a 50% increase. Then in 2023, it says one in three girls have seriously considered suicide and 57% have experienced symptoms of depression, which of course we know depression it increases the risk of suicidal ideation. So this is a very big concern that we have is the mental health of girls. How do we reclaim the mental health for girls? Well, I believe the antidote to all things is a biblical worldview, knowing the word of God, knowing what God says about her and how he's designed her to be perfectly woven in his image. And that to know her is to know him. And this is what our culture is not teaching, right? They're saying, figure out your own. Can you imagine being a kid today, Jeff? Figure out your own sexuality. That was a given forever. And now you have to figure out your label for that. And we're back to labels, by the way. There's so much I could talk about this situation, but we are in a a world of hurt. But I have hope because I choose to pitch my tent in the land of hope. Acts tells us to do that. In 2018, believe it or not, a Harvard, a secular study, Harvard School of Public Health says that people that are involved in religious movements and groups and churches and parachurch ministries like American Heritage Girls have lower mortality rates, greater psychological well-being, developed character strengths, reduced mental illness, and resulted in healthier behaviors. Hmm. The church is the answer. Faith-filled programs are the answer. Wow, that's that's terrific. Um, I want to point people to your website. It's AmericanHeritageGirls.org. And obviously, if you want to start a troop, this is the place to go to get information. But I will tell you this. If you don't have daughters or sons, maybe you have a granddaughter, this site is packed with information and great advice on raising kids and equipping them with the biblical worldview. I'm looking at the blog on your website now and some of the topics that you cover. You cover dating, citizenship, um, body image, forgiveness, a ton of things. And I think all of this is based on your radio feature, which is carried here on American Family Radio. Um, Tell us a little bit about those resources. I would be so happy to. You know, Jeff, in 2020, in 2019, it changed everybody's world, right? So American Heritage Girls meet in churches and churches were closed. So we're like, what are we going to do with this big staff and all this time? We felt the Lord leading us to provide resources mm. for parents everywhere, not just for AHG parents. And that's what we call American Heritage Girls, AHG. So this is for all parents that want a framework for Christian adult adulting. Um, and they're able to look at this and look at even some, we'll, we'll even talk about the gender issue. We'll talk about mental health. We'll talk about privacy and prayer and stress and suicide. 
but we have three excellent eBooks that are free for your listeners to be able to come visit the website and download this. And one of them is a Raising Godly Girls Guide to Gender and Identity, okay. a Raising Godly Girls Guide to Fear and Anxiety, and a Raising Godly Girls Guide to a Biblical Worldview, which is our, our newest edition. We will continue to develop these kind of resources. We encourage your listeners to not only listen to our Radio Minute, and by the way, we are so blessed by AFR carrying this, and we pray that it is blessing your listeners as well, because this truly is a gift to all of Christian parenting um, from American Heritage Girls. And of course, those resources can be found at AmericanHeritageGirls.org. Great resources there. Uh, you've also written a book titled, Why Curse the Darkness When You Can Light a Candle? And I think that is a, an appropriate title for what, you have, uh, what you've done here. Uh, tell us a little bit about that. And of course, in the subtitle, you mention having some inadequacy feelings. What about people who would like to do something like this but feel inadequate? Oh, golly, Jeff. I mean, I, I can't under, underscore how ill-equipped I was for this calling. However, when we look back at that beautiful tapestry and, and we see the backside, the, where the knots and maybe the frayed edges are, and the Lord sees a beautiful picture, we can see that throughout our life, he has been really knitting us um, to, to be in, in the spot where he wants us to be, and that is in our calling. And even American Heritage Girls, we talk a lot about careers, but we don't call them careers, we call them vocations. And we believe that it's a vocal calling from the Lord that should determine what you do with your future because he's already given you gifts and talents. Well, he gave me gifts and talents, and I was not one of high self-esteem to really readily recognize that. But what I did have is a fire in my belly, a motivation to do better because, you see, I was raised by an alcoholic mom and a disabled father. And that was not the best of childhoods. I was not your typical, I was in Sunday school every you know Sunday and I was at church every Wednesday night. That was not my family, all right? My family was a broken mess. And so for the Lord to call me out of that mire, I made plenty of mistakes. I knew that I wanted something better for girls and that I wanted them to know the biblical truth that is found in his holy word. I, I did not know that when I was a child. And so to read this book and to say, hey, that girl was a hot mess. <laughs> she didn't know what she was doing. She didn't even know the Lord till she was 30 years old in the way that one should know the Lord. But yet the Lord still called her and equipped her to do something. This is not about me being great because I am not great. I'm only great if at all is because of him and the power of the Holy Spirit within me. So that's my message and why I wrote this book was not again to be an autobiography of my life. That's not the point. The point is the Lord can use anyone and he does if you're willing. Patty Garibay, the founder and executive director of American Heritage Girls. Once again, the website is AmericanHeritageGirls.org. The book that she's written is Why Curse the Darkness When You Can Light a Candle. And if you'd like to get information about that book, it is at uh, WhyCurseTheDarkness.com. Patty Garibay, thank you so much for your faithfulness, for your heart for the Lord and young girls. And may God bless you in all that you do. Thank you, Jeff. It's been a pleasure. Coming up next week, we'll tackle the subject of living as faithful believers in the middle of spiritual darkness. Nathan Harper with Vapor Ministries will help us see how the church around the world is growing in spite of persecution. And Dr. Ray Rooney will talk about gospel faithfulness in the local church here at home. We hope you'll join us. You can get a more in-depth look at today's topics at afa.net slash the stand. You can also sign up for a free six-month subscription to The Stand magazine. For questions or comments, email us at thestand at afa.net. 
and podcasts of this program are available at afr.net slash podcasts. Until next time, I'm Jeff Shambly. Thanks for listening.